0: good morning you're tuning into the news at morning mixtape on thursday august 10th 2023 i'm your host krishna prasad reporting for met radio 1280 a.m And here are our top stories for today. An 11-foot sinkhole is disrupting activity on Highway 400. The Ontario Auditor General has released her report on the Greenbelt Development Plan. A new government proposal attempts to add new regulations to protect workers from rising temperatures and their associated health and safety threats to the workplace. And new government projects aim to bring more young people and women to the field of construction work In light of a labor crisis. Finally, I'll leave you with this week's hidden history segment. Ontario Provincial Police say an 11-foot-deep sinkhole on Highway 400 near Brantford caused major disruptions on Tuesday afternoon. Sergeant Kenny Schmidt posted a clip on the official Provincial Police Twitter account detailing how the cavity is deeper than it appears, exposing drain tiles and other underground structures. CTV News reports that both northbound and southbound lanes are affected, and both northbound and southbound left lanes have been blocked off for the foreseeable future. As of the day before yesterday, Sergeant Schmidt asks that the area be avoided and that, quote, we have heavy, heavy traffic delays coming southbound and that will now include northbound delays by this afternoon, end quote. Delays are expected to last a few more days. Yesterday, CTV News reported that Ontario's Auditor General Bonnie Lysick released her investigation on the provincial decision to, quote, open up protected Greenbelt land for development on Wednesday, end quote, which was streamed live on the CTV News site. Last November. Progressive Conservative government announced plans to develop 7,400 acres of land from the Greenbelt in order to build 50,000 homes as part of their earlier pledge to build 1.5 million homes over the next decade in response to the Ontario housing crisis. In exchange, they promised to set aside 9,400 acres for protection elsewhere. All three opposition parties Take the stance that the removal of environmental protection from this land will quote shift wealth to property owners and have detrimental impacts on park lands and the local ecosystem end quote following a request from all three opposition parties lysic was to investigate the financial and environmental effects of this move meanwhile cbc news reports that a new proposal from the ontario government seeks to add new regulations to better protect workers from heat-related stress and illnesses in light of temperature increases across Canada and the rest of the world due to global warming. Proposed regulations would require employers to introduce limits to heat stress exposure, as well as identify and control any factors within their control contributing to it. Adjusting when employees begin to work and employee work rest balances are also on the table, as is ensuring all employees in hot conditions have access to clear portable drinking water or alternative hydrating fluid. The Ministry of Labor is currently performing a regulatory impact analysis of the proposed bill and asks for feedback from employers and the public on anticipated costs and benefits. In other government news, CBC reports that the Ontario government plans to spend $3.6 million on three different projects to bring more women and young people into the construction industry in response to a labour shortage that's putting housing goals at risk. The first project aims to give tradeswomen proper leadership, communications, health and safety, and networking training for career advancement. The second is going to make online resources and training tools available to those trying to find apprenticeship opportunities or those seeking to develop their skills. The third is funding an existing program, Tomorrow's Trades, which provides grade 12 students in Ottawa and London access to learning opportunities and on site training. While being very diverse in their approach, the project's aim to quote, focus on developing the workforce of the future and expanding opportunities within the skilled trades for equity-seeking groups," end quote. As said by Mark Arsenal, a business manager at the Provincial Building and Construction Trades Council of Ontario. And before we wrap up today's news, let's take a quick look at the weather for Toronto. Today in the city, we'll get a high of 26 degrees with a low of 15 degrees. There's a 70% chance of showers in the afternoon, with a risk of thunderstorms. That about wraps it up for today's news. Thank you for tuning in to Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto, and let's finish off with Hidden Histories. Good morning, and welcome to this week's Hidden History segment, where I talk about the little known stories behind our everyday world. If you're listening to this right now, the chances are you know what a light bulb is, and you probably own at least two. Chances are you also probably know Thomas Alva Edison, credited as the inventor of the light bulb. In reality, though, the Edison light bulb was actually a refined version of a bunch of other people's inventions and invention prototypes. Despite filing their patent in 1874, a whole two years before Edison, medical student Henry Woodward and hotel keeper Matthew Evans, who, fun fact, was described as a gentleman in their patent, were far from the first, as said by a CBC article. Streetlights were a must for our quickly growing cities in the 1800s, but methods like gas and oil lamps were either too expensive or not effective enough. As a result, inventors had long been playing around with the idea of incandescent electricity, but Woodward's and Evans were the ones to produce anything close to our current model. According to the Canadian Encyclopedia, Woodward and Evans had been on an outing in their hometown of Toronto, when they witnessed a spark on a light post. Before this, they'd only really experimented with batteries and induction coils, real science fair stuff. But the spark got them thinking about how convenient it would be to be able to bottle that stuff up and make it glow on command. So they improved on earlier experiments to create their own better light bulb. First off, they made it more airtight so it could better hold the nitrogen gas inside. Another improvement they made was the filament. According to CBC, prototypes up until then liked to use platinum to run heat through until it glowed, which was really effective save for one tiny problem. Platinum is expensive. So they came up with the idea of using carbon as a filament, a way more economic alternative that didn't compromise any of the effectiveness. It was a success when demonstrated to financiers, with Evans himself detailing how, quote, Woodward closed the switch and gradually we saw the carbon first become red and gradually lighter and lighter in color until it beamed forth in beautiful light. This was the most exciting moment of my experience, end quote. Unfortunately, they were unable to procure proper investments to produce these bulbs, despite their effectiveness. Even though they could no longer fund their research, others took up the mantle in their place, with varying degrees of success. Eventually, Thomas Edison bought their U.S. patent for 5,000 USD at the time, which is a whopping $142,574.30 today, and used it to refine his model, and our Canadian pair is ushered gently out of history books. But now you know, and these forgotten pioneers can get the acknowledgement they deserve. That's all for this week's Hidden Histories. I'm Krishna, reporting for Met Radio, 1280 AM, Toronto, and thanks for listening.